Hello and welcome to the Clutch Tennis Podcast. Uh, this week is the US Open Podcast. Well, it's the US Open Second Week Podcast and we have Luke with us. So hello, Luke. Hello, Charlie. How are you? Yep, I'm not doing too bad. I'm, I've recovered from my, my dismal efforts of, of week one, but I'm sure you will catch up on that or, or catch us up on that, I suppose, in a couple of minutes. Uh, just wanted to sort of give a brief overview of where we're at with this event. Um, so obviously it's coming up to the middle weekend Sunday or Sunday where I am. So I suppose it's Saturday in the US, round four anyway. Um, we've had a number of upsets, uh, Sitsipas probably being the main one, uh, losing out in round one to Daniel Alahi Galan Rivieros and um, Taylor Fritz as well, losing out in round one to to fellow American. Um, so I actually can't remember his name. I think his surname was Holt. Yeah, <laughs> Someone- Brandon Holt. Yeah, somebody I've barely watched anyway. Uh, but we can cover all of this um, as we go through. So today is more of just a, a catch-up, really, just seeing how we've done and, and coming up with our, our thoughts from this point onwards. But we'll kick off with you, Luke. So if you've got the recap for us, that'd be great. Yes, I do. So um, we actually had Jack join us um, last week. We don't have him this week. Um, but that was that was a rare occurrence, which is nice. Um, in terms of our accumulators, it was, um, it was bad news, I'm afraid. Um, we all lost uh, six wins, five losses overall for our picks. Um, in terms of outrights, um, Charlie's wildcard of Borna Church uh, went out in the second round, so that's lost. Um, Jack's wildcard pick of Hercash to reach the final continued his relatively poor slam record and went out in the second round as well. Um, but Jack and Charlie's outright pick, uh, Rafael Nadal, still alive and well in the draw. Um, heading into the, into the fourth round now, um, that's at fifteen to four, so uh, just under four to one. So looking good there. Um, my outright and wild card, uh, which was scoffed at last week, uh, still in the draw. Uh, Yannick Sinner eighteen to one, and Andre Rublev at fifty to one. Um, again, still alive and well in the draw. So into the second week now, we'll see. We'll see if they can go go any deeper. Um, in terms of our our tips of passes. Um, again, it was bad news all round. I had Molchan uh, either three love or three one, and he lost. So that puts me ten and nine for the season. Uh, Nadal, uh, sorry, not Nadal. Charlie had Nadal minus nine point five games against uh, Hiki Carter. I am uh, basically Nadal, in fairness. So. Right, you, you tell yourself that. Um, but he ended up losing a set there, which was was not in the script at all. Um, so that didn't come in. So Charlie's nine and nine for for the season, um, and Jack um, returned to his usual self by losing a tips pass. In, in fairness, it was a bit unlucky. It was Zhang minus three point five games, um, who had multiple match points in the third set and went went on to lose. Um, so that takes Jack to three and nine for the season. Um, and now, usually at the slams, we have these kind of extra challenges that we do. So we have a five unit challenge, whereby we we all start the event with five units. It's up to us how how we want to use them, either on on singles or on accumulators or doubles or or what have you. Um, and all those picks you can you can see on our Twitter at Serving Up Clutch. Um, there's a there's a thread of all of them, so you can go back right to the start and see see what we picked and how we did. I wouldn't um, bother. Please don't. I, I I would bother because I am top at the moment. <laughs> Um, I'm on 7.825 units, so I've gained almost three units since the start. 
Jack is second. He has 2.2 units, so barely staying alive. And then in last place, we find Charlie, who managed to lose all his units in five days, which is, is some achievement. So well done. I'd like to add the last couple of slams we've done this. I won this challenge. So go big or go home. And this time I went home. I found that the first few rounds have been distinctly unprofitable or non-profitable, I suppose. And um, I'm starting to find my way in, in the last couple of days. But by that point, I was already out of the unit challenge. So that was completely useless. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the other challenge we have is a tips of pass challenge. Tips of pass being a, a bet of around evens or, or around two if you're using uh, the decimal format. Um, so you're, you're doubling your money effectively if, if, if you put it on. Um, and Charlie's doing a lot better than that. He's actually winning. Um, he's had four wins, two losses. Uh, Jack is second with one win, five loss, losses even. Um, and I've had an absolute stinker. I haven't won one yet. Um, I'm on four because two of, two of them have been void because um, my other player picked is, is retired in the case of uh, Baez and and Draper. Um, so a lot of work for me to be done there, but we still got a week left. So hopefully I can, I can pull it back. But I, I just seem cursed with with tips pass at the moment. Yeah, so I'm redeeming myself on that front anyway. Um, but I, I suppose overall fairly profitable not profitable we don't know if we're profitable yet because we need the outrights and wild cards to, to see how they go for the week but but overall pretty pretty good selections and it'll be fun to see at the end of the two weeks where we where we lie um, so I suppose the next thing I wanted to talk about is really how our, our outrights and wild cards are, are coming on um, now my wild card was um, Borna Chorich I think who decided to just be terrible again and has lost already. Um, so that's good. Um, so, so he's out. But my my outright was Nadal, I believe. And he is trundling along, not looking particularly out, <laughs> outrageously good. Did destroy Gasquet, but water is wet. That does happen every time. Um, so that's sort of how my ones are going on. I'm, I'm still alive with Nadal, which wouldn't be any great profit. But, um, but there we go. And um, I, I can't remember what you picked, actually, Luke. Um, so I I had uh, Yannick Sinner as my outright and uh, Andre Rublev as my wild card. Um, Rublev coming through with a really, really good-looking performance against Shapovalov, uh, Shapo, who played some of his best tennis that I've seen. I only tuned into the last couple of sets, but it was it was really high level from Shapovalov. And uh, Rublev was playing equally as good and ended up in a fifth set tie break, um, which Rublev edged 10-7, I think it was. Um, so, so yeah, really, really good stuff from Rublev. I think he's a he's a threat, um, but he has got the dangerous Cam Nori up next, which is a match that I actually did want to discuss. Um, and sorry, who was your who was your outright? Uh, my outright was Yannick Sinner. Okay, yeah, he he's looked pretty bad. Uh, he came through against Nakashima today in four. Um, but again, I think if Nakashima's legs hadn't fallen off and him completely faded away, I, th- I think we'd be looking at Yannick Sinner exiting this event. Um, so I don't think there's much hope for him. I think you've got a much better chance with Rublev there. Well, we'll see. I, I don't think his, his jaw's falling too bad for him at the moment. So, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, Okie dokes. So I suppose what that kind of leads us to now is... Um, are you still kind of uh, thinking that they're the 
they're the good picks or, or do you feel like there's other names that have kind of emerged? I mean, Alcaraz, as far as I'm aware, hasn't dropped a set yet. Um, he's looking pretty good. Uh, Medvedev is sneaky good as well. Um, somebody I didn't even realise was in the draw, Quarantine Mute is still in round four. Um, so, so there are some some odd names lurking around. Yeah, I think Mute was a lucky loser, actually. So he's, he's really made the most of that and should... I haven't checked the live rankings, but I'm sure he'll be, be back into the top 100 um, at the end of next week. Um, yeah, well, I, I still think they've got a decent chance. I mean, they're both in the same half, so I've, they obviously both can't make the final, but I think I think one of them has a has a decent chance. Um, no, no, Nori Rublev is, is is an interesting match, which I, I wanted to, do, to discuss as well. Um, other names... Um, Karenia Booster has been really impressive I think um, he's one that sort of always goes under the radar um, but always plays well in these American hard courts he's made the semis I want to say twice here definitely once um, he, he won his first Masters in Montreal and so far he's, he's looked really impressive um, so I think I think he's one, one to watch um, going forward I think he beats Kachanov by the way that's in my anchor um, and then he's got the win of Medvedev, Kyrgios. And I, I think he can really push either of them, to be honest. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think he's he's definitely a dark horse to to make the final or, e- or even win the event. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, for, for, for me, uh, I think Medvedev has to be has to be number one at the moment, just based on how he's looked. Um, he looks absolutely unstoppable, but he hasn't played any... I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, yeah. still would still be my pick to to win. He hasn't played anybody who's going to threaten him yet. And next round against Kyrgios is probably the the biggest test he's going to have, uh, right up until the latter the latter stages. Um, so this will be a really interesting round um, and a big hurdle for him. But I mean, people have have barely come close. Um, Rindanech played a, a great second set. Yibing Wu played a great first set. But other than that, all the sets have been six two or better. So it's it's tough to see anyone else but him right now. Um, and then, yeah, so moving on to, to kind of the picks of, of this round, and I might as well just go through and kind of, there's only a few of them, so I might as well go through and kind of just mention each of them, I suppose. Um, I think this is every match that there is. So we've got Alejandro Davidic Fakina against Matteo Berrettini. Uh, Berrettini's 4-11 to favourite there. You've got Mute against Rude. Rude is one to five favorite. You've got Karenia Booster against Kachanov. Kachanov four to nine favorite. Medvedev against Kyrgios. Karenia Booster, sorry, yeah. Um, sorry, excuse me. Uh, Daniel Medvedev uh, is favorite eight to fifteen against Nick Kyrgios. You've got Nori favorite against Rublev eight to thirteen. TFO against Nadal with Nadal being favorite at one to six. You've got Ivashka versus Sinner. Sinner favourite at two to seven, and finally Chilich versus Alcaraz, with Alcaraz being favourite one to four. Now, for me, the only one that I want to talk about before I move on to accumulators, um, I'm sticking with my outright and wildcard, so we don't really need to go through those. Um, is Cameron Norrie against Andre Rublev? Because just based on the performances leading up to this event and through the opening rounds, um, and especially the tests that he had. Last round, as long as he's physically fit, I'm surprised to see Rublev underdog. Um, I think Rublev is the type of player who can hurt someone like Nori uh, because he's aggressive, but with good margin, generally. 
which is the kind of people that Norrie are going to struggle against. He's going to struggle against those people with a real weapon. Um, and Ribless forehand is just that. Um, granted, Norrie can grind just about anyone down. Um, so if Ribless does have a anything less than 8 out of 10 sort of day, then Norrie's probably going to win that. But I think underdog there, 13 to 10, is is pretty good value on Ribless. So that's just my thoughts. Yeah, I think that this is one of the... Um, most exciting fourth round matches, I think. And yeah, I agree with you. I think Riblev has a good good chance. I have him this week. Um, but apparently, apparently his match against Chapo was was one of the matches of the tournament, very, very high quality. And as you say, there's... I mean, now he's got to the stage where there's really not very many people who can hit through, but Riblev is one of those people with his, his weaponry, particularly on the forehand side. And I think his backhand is is strong enough to handle the kind of um, the Norrie sort of topspin uh, forehand cross court into that. Um, maybe the, the the very flat backhand down the line might cause him some issues. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is danger for Norrie if if Riblev is playing well because he doesn't really have the he, he can't really com- compete with that kind of weaponry. Um, so yeah, I think that seems to tend yeah, to be just a little well. just a little insight that I wanted to throw in as well is. Um... I, I don't know if it was just a specific plan he had against Holger Rune based on his last outings against him. Um, but he looked very aggressive uh, in how he was playing. He was actually serving a little bit faster than I'm used to seeing. And he was really hitting through his forehands. Um, I think if he does that against someone like Rublev, he's far more likely to win um, because it's going to slightly stop Rublev just being all out on the front foot. Um, I mean, that he's going to potentially miss a little bit more if he goes bigger off a of a ball that's already quite big towards him. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, but but yeah, if, if it's standard Nori, I think I edge Rublev. Yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Probably, probably not one to touch, but yeah, probably, maybe edge Rublev. Yeah, he's, he's probably I was going to say, maybe, maybe a single on Rublev, I think is possibly the way to go there or combine it with a very firm double or something. Um I, I think it's yeah. I think it is worth touching. I, I think I I do see Riblev winning that more times than not and therefore it's value. Yeah, that is um that's fair enough. Um there's there's another match I wanted to discuss if you're done with that match. Um an, another match another match that interests me before we get into our accumulators. Um Nadal gets TFO. Um Nadal one to six, TFO four to one as you mentioned. Um, TFO is another one who's looked really impressive. Um, had a good US hardcore swing and he's beaten um, Giron, Kubler, and then Schwartzman all in straight sets. You know, those are three, none of those are absolute pushovers. They're three, three tough matches and he's, he's come through them with flying colors. Um, and I really think he can, he can take it to Nadal. Um, he's someone who's not. I don't think he's going to get overawed by the occasion or the big stage. He usually thrives in these kind of big matches. Um, it'll, it'll be on Arthur Ashe. I, I can't see it not being on Arthur Ashe. Um, I, I think he'll love that. I think he'll, he'll relish that. Um, and I think he can make this one close. I mean, as you say, Nadal hasn't really been been tested all that much yet. Gasquet was playing well, but he that's a matchup that he's he's never lost, I don't think, in there. Both very long careers. It's something like seventeen wins now out of seventeen. Um, so yeah, I think Tierfub will be a real test for him, and 
I wouldn't be surprised at all if if he was able to get a set or two, or maybe even win. I think Nadal wins three nil <laughs> straight sets. Um, I I think this is the point in slams where Nadal wakes up. He dropped a set to Renji. Fine, okay, it's round one. Terrible, but whatever. Um, he then won fairly convincingly the next three sets. He was down a set in a break against Fognini and came back and made him look a bit silly. And even handicaps on Nadal came in in that one. Um, love and won in the first two sets against Gasquet last night. Um, I think this is where he, he really has a test, as you say. Somebody who's in good form and playing well has the weaponry to, to challenge him. But I think it's the end for TFO. Um the Nadal forehand, one of the biggest weapons the game has seen historically and um, having that heavy whip uh, and ability to sort of make balls and, and move TFO around, especially in towards that backhand wing, that's going to be too much for him. I think I can't see any way around it. Um, Nadal's actually serving low percentage first serve, which is weird. I think that will pick up as well. But the ones he is making, he's winning a very high percentage of first serves. Um, and I think that's going to be important against someone like TFO as well. I don't think it'll be a, a complete walkover. I think a couple of the sets might be close, but I think straight sets to, to Nadal is probably the, the pick of the day on that one. Yeah, uh, no, I, I think Nadal probably wins, but I I think it'll be closer than, than you suggest, to be honest. Yeah, you've also got to remember it's... I know TFO's had a great year. Um, how many times has TFO beaten or, or even made it close, really? against the very big names. That's a big feature, I think, of some of these guys is is their ability to maintain this level against adversity. Um, and I don't think TFO's got that in the locker, personally. And I'm happy to be proven wrong if he does. But um, And I, I would like to see it because I think he's great for the sport. But um, most people fade when they play someone like Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, Murray, whatever, whoever, those top guys. They're just not able to produce the same level. They make uncharacteristic errors at random points that that are just not not okay against these these guys. So for me, um, I think we're likely to see a, a drop-off in level from TFO because it's the Nadal factor. Uh, and I think Nadal will up his level as well, which will just make the whole occasion a little bit of a a little bit of a blur if TFO can't start fast. Yeah, I'd... yeah. No, you're not wrong. Although he has um I remember he he did take uh, Federer to five here before, right at the start of his career. I think he was even a wild card in that event. Um, and he's taken Zverev to five here as well. So I think he can push the big names. And I don't think he's afraid of them. Yeah, I, I don't quite put Zverev in the same category of of elite player as much as I love him. Um, because people don't fear him. Because he does have days where he is genuinely a challenger player. Um I, I didn't know that about Federer, but that might have been sort of the youthful side of, of TFO. Most players, when they first step out on tour, have one or two of these big wins um, because they, they've got nothing to lose. People don't know what to expect about them, maybe underestimate them, and then they they produce something. Also, Federer, I don't know what it is about him. He he normally pulls through against most of these guys, but he is, um, I don't know, if somebody hits very big against him, I think he can struggle. But anyway, that's completely irrelevant. So, um. Good one to watch anyway. Uh, for me, probably not one to bet, but I've, I've said my views on it. Um, so, yeah, um, moving on then. Um, perhaps talk through your accumulator now, Luke. 
Um, sure. So yeah, I've actually got every match that we. Um, I'll start. I've got Krenia Booster to beat Kachanov four to nine. As I mentioned earlier, um, Pablo has been playing very high level recently. Um, one Montreal carried his good form into um, US Open. He absolutely destroyed Demonor for for two sets. Demonor wasn't played badly, but Krenia Booster just kept winning the big points um, up. Um, then got broken end of the third, um, and then had to. Um, despite having a medical timeout, he um, had to up his level again in the fourth set um, to come through against Stephen Orr. And possibly one of the wildest match points I think I've ever seen. I know, I know you're watching as well, Charlie. Uh, I, I was. Yes, that that was quite quite something with the the, the attempted tweener lob. The only thing that would have made that better was if it was a clean tweener lob or a tweener winner or something. Um, but yeah, amazing. Yeah. Although I, I think it's better that Demon Orr kind of shank the smash and then destroy his racket. It's kind of with with Crony Booster collapsing to the floor on the other side. It's just pure pure theatre. But anyway, um, I I think he's going to destroy Kachanov. Um, Kachanov has, has looked all right. He's had a kind of a bit of a mare year um, by his standards. Um, his ceiling's very high. He's someone you know. He's a former top ten player, former Masters winner. Um, he's very he's very capable of playing at a high level, um, and he did in his last round against Draper for a set. Um, but then when he's setting a break up in complete control of of the match against you know someone who's he's very inexperienced even at ATP level, um, he he let him back in. Part obviously partly due to Draper uh, really digging in and upping his level. Um, but yeah, he really had the, these kind of lapses in concentration. Um, which against someone like Kony Busta, you, you can't afford to have. Um, and yeah, Kony Busta is my dark horse for this week. And I think uh, four to nine is, is an excellent price there. I'm going to beat catching up. I, I really do. Um, next up, Berrettini to beat Davidovic Fokina at four to 11. Um, Berrettini, despite a lack of form, he seems to always kind of peak in the slams. He's peaked this time. Um, Played really well in the last round against Murray. Um, Murray was, was coming up with some good stuff. Um, but he served really well, which is the key for him. And I think he's going to be the key here. Um, Alejandro has a has a good serve, but he is very prone to, to just throwing in a rubbish game and, and getting broken. And against Berrettini, that's that's the set done, really. Um, obviously, he's you know he, he's got enough weaponry from the back to hurt Berrettini, particularly we can push him out wide um, on the backhand. Um, but, I mean, watching Murray yesterday, yeah, granted, he doesn't have the power of Davidovic Fakina, but he wasn't really able to do it that much um, as Berrettini was just kind of bossing the, the majority of the points and um, his forehand was really working well. Um, so I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see um, this go to four or five, but I don't see Berrettini losing um, at four to 11. Um, next up, I've got Rude to beat Mute at one to five. Are they good odds? No. Will Rude lose? No. Um, he's looked pretty decent so far, Rude, I'd say. Um, had to dig deep against Tommy Paul, who's who's playing really well. Um, and yeah, I mean, Mute is one. He doesn't have many um, weapons. And I just think you, you kind of need that against Rude. He's, Rude's very, pretty solid from the back of the court, moves pretty well. 
Um, but you can't let them dictate on that forehand, otherwise it's it's trouble, um, even on a hard court. Um, so I think one to five is just about good enough in a, in a long racker um, for me to take there. Um, he's also got um, plenty of experience at this level, made a slam final this year. Um, and over five, I, he shouldn't lose that. Um, then I have Medvedev to beat Kyrgios, eight to 15. I think Kyrgios has suffered a little bit of a, a drop-off since kind of the heights of the Wimbledon final and then um, winning Washington and then beating Medvedev actually in um, Montreal. Um, but since then, he's kind of had a bit of a drop-off. He lost to Herkaj that week and then he lost to Fritz quite early on in Cincinnati. And I don't know if it's just kind of all the tennis he's played recently is catching up with him. Um, he's obviously played a bit of doubles as well um, at the singles. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it's, I, I, I just don't think he's playing as well as he, as he was a few weeks ago. Um, and yeah, Medvedev has been in kind of cruise control. This, this will be a test for him. Um, but I, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think it's a terrible matchup given that Medvedev's serve is kind of, on par with Kyrgios is maybe not quite as good, but he's still going to hold pretty easily. But Medvedev is a, is definitely a better returner. Um, the one thing that Kyrgios did last time, which really did hurt Medvedev, is that he served and volleyed. And when when someone returns from as deep in the court as Medvedev does, if you serve and volley, if you you know if you if you come in and hit a, a short angle volley or whatever, you know even if you're as good a mover as Medvedev, you're not you're not getting there. So I think if he does that again, he could trouble Medvedev and maybe maybe for some tie breaks but um, I do see Medvedev's kind of class especially on the Grand Slam stage and at the US Open where he's had a lot of success traditionally winning it last year obviously I think he'll win that and I think 8-15 is is a decent price um, then final two picks I've got Sinner to beat Avashka 2-7 to seven. Um, despite him not looking amazing this week I think this is quite a nice matchup for him someone who hits big um as a slightly weak backhand, you could say. Um, so Sin will be able to target that. Um, but Sin is very happy kind of kind of counter-punching, if you will. If if someone hits in pace, then he he just hits it back even harder. Um, so yeah, I don't see him losing that at two to seven. And then finally, I've got Chilich plus 6.5 games against Alcaraz at eight to 15. Um Chilich a bit underwhelming in his first two rounds. Um, but last night, he really, really um, played very well um, against Dan Evans, who's playing some of his best tennis, really. Um, Chilich's serve looked a bit suspect in his first two rounds. Um, but last night, it was, it was unstoppable, really. He just... Evans kept, um, kept getting to sort of love 30, love 40, and then Chilich would just bang down three aces, and then that would be the game over. Um I think he can really push Alcaraz here. Um, Alcaraz hasn't looked um, uh, as good as he was at state, say the start of the year in this US hardcourt swing. Um, I think he'd like it a bit slower than um, than it is. Um, and I think, especially if Chilich serves well, then I think a few tie breaks are likely. Um, and so that 6.5 handicap should come in. I think he could, could definitely sneak a set or two as well. Um, so just to recap that, I have Karenia Booster to beat Kachanov four to nine, Berrettini to beat Davidovic Fokina at four to eleven, Rude to beat Mute at one to five, Medvedev to beat Kyrgios at eight to fifteen, Sinner to beat Ivashka at two to seven, 
and Chilich plus 6.5 games gets Alcaraz at 8 to 15. That sixfold comes in at 6.14 to 1. Yeah, I, I agree with near enough everything you've said. Um, I refuse to go against uh, Mute at those odds. He's blacklist for me at the best of times. I agree with your logic. He's probably not going to lose. But I'm not going to go near that one, especially not at 1-5. to five. Um, Otherwise, I think everything makes sense. I think Berrettini versus Davidovich Fakina has upset potential. But um, I'd be surprised again to see Berrettini lose that. So I think it's it's value enough. Um, so yeah, uh, all in all, I think we, we share a lot of the same picks, probably because there aren't that many picks, I suppose. Um, but I agree with, with much of what you've, what you've been saying. So I'll quickly go through mine then. And as I say, because there is, mine's only a fourfold. I've gone much shorter. I'm just trying to guarantee some wins. I've got Karenio Booster to beat uh, Kachanov at four to nine. I think Kachanov, uh, I didn't see much of it against Draper. Maybe looked a bit ropey there. Um, just in the highlights that I saw, Karenia Booster was well, has been unstoppable the last the last few weeks on the hard court series in, in general. Really aggressive on the front foot, which is nice to see from somebody who's a traditional grinder, I suppose. Um, and I think overall, he's he's going to make too many balls for Kachanov. Um, Kachanov won't be able to attack in the traditional sense because uh, Karenia Booster is playing quite so aggressively, um, but it's um, high percentage aggression which is something that I think Kachanov has struggled with across his career. Uh, so Karenia Booster, good value there at four to nine. I also think that Karenia Booster's got a good enough serve that it holds up against uh, someone like Kachanov enough not to be broken sort of every time he goes out type of situation. So so I really like that one. Um, I've then got Medvedev to beat Kyrgios, eight to 15. I don't think there's been quite as much of a drop-off for Kyrgios as, as people have been making out. It's not like he's now suddenly playing trash. But um, I agree, it's maybe a slightly lower level, but that's always going to happen after after a slam final for the first time. Um, I think there's very much upset potential there. I would be lying if I said I didn't think that Curious was going to get a set. I just think that over five, Medvedev is probably going to be slightly too solid. He's really going to test out the um, physicality of Curious, which is a big question mark. Um, and I think expect some tie breaks and expect a long match there. Uh, long in the sense of... Uh, close, I think, uh, on the scoreboard rather than um, time-wise. <laughs> uh, because uh, it could well be two hours for five sets with the way these guys play. Um, but yeah, um, I think Medvedev is, is good enough for you there at 8-15. I've got Alcaraz mainline to beat Cilic 1-4. Uh, you probably don't like that. But um, I think that, yeah, Alcaraz hasn't looked like Alcaraz that we potentially would have expected this year. But I mean, let's look at his opening rounds here. He's not been tested. He's he's won straight sets every every outing he's had. Um, and I tested him to be fair before he got injured. That was that was actually quite close in the first two sets. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, he, he hasn't been properly tested. And, and that's yeah, that that's fair enough. I'm all mean, yeah, as you say, like a a big name type test. Um, so so I think this is going to be a, a good one. I think if Chilich plays his best level, it could be close. But I think it's the type of game style that is always going to trouble someone like Chilich. Amazing returner in Alcaraz, incredible athlete. He's going to make too many balls and probably try and put uh, Chilich on the back foot where he can. So I, I I think it's the end for Chilich. So one to four. And I've got Sinner to beat Ivashka. Haven't been in that impressed by Sinner, especially last night. I thought he was pretty poor. Um, but Ivashka, big server, big hitter but he's going to really struggle against uh, somebody who's a mover like Sinner. 
and somebody who's going to get him on the move like Sinner will. Um, Vashka should have lost earlier in the event to Herkash, but it was a really poor performance there. Um, so a potential for a couple of close sets in there, I think, but but Sinner value two to seven. So that's Karenia Booster four to nine, Mavedev eight to fifteen, Alcaraz one to four, Sinner two to seven, and it comes to two point five five to one. So that's that's my accumulator. Yeah, fair enough. Um, obviously, most of the same picks. Um, yeah, just Alcaraz that's different, but um, obviously, yeah, I, I I do think Alcaraz will win, but I I think it will be close. So there's, I think there's a decent chance we we both win there. In terms of Alcaraz winning in say four sets or something with a tie break. Yeah, I'd probably agree. Um, so yeah, I mean that's kind of all that we needed to to go through today. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to, to chuck into the mix, Luke? Um, not really. I don't think. I mean, we've we've, we've discussed all of the all the last sixteen matches. Um, I guess kind of who who we think's going to win. I mean, I think we're still both on on Medvedev, aren't we? Yeah, for for me, you can't look past Medvedev right now. Um, I think that's definitely a top half victor. Um, bottom half, you've got Alcaraz and Nadal, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so I, I think I'm looking at a Nadal Medvedev final, maybe a repeat of the Aussie Open, which would be amazing for tennis fans everywhere, really. Yeah, no, that would be that would be a good match. I mean, they played a, an epic final was it three years ago. Uh, Medvedev kind of broke through, um, and obviously an amazing final this year at the Aussie Open. So that would be, yeah, as you say, a, tr- a treat for. The tennis fans worldwide. I think the Aussie, I mean, I'm going to have fond memories of it anyway, because I was actually there on the hill watching it. Um, but I, I think that's probably the best slam final I've I've watched in my lifetime was um, Medvedev against Nadal in the Aussie Open this year. As, I mean, I'd, I, think, I think I'd say Federer and Nadal 2008 maybe. Or may, maybe like Mario V. Djokovic in Wimbledon for, for sentimental reasons. Um, but yeah, they it just always seems to be a classic whenever they play, particularly in a slam. I think it's just because they're both such such good retrievers that you get these long, amazing rallies. But they're both pretty good on the front foot as well. Um, I, I I know that Jack feels the same way I do. It's it's always a tactical battle with those ones because you've got the sturdy backhand of Medvedev uh, that plays cross court into the the heavy whip of Nadal's weapon. Um, and then you've got the unorthodox forehand, which which Medvedev struggles to do much with, other than sort of hit relatively flat through the court against the uh, the Nadal backhand, which is sometimes a little bit kind of difficult to create angles on himself, and it it ends up with them having to do all sorts, come forwards, drop shots, uh, and try and do different things to break out of those patterns of play. Um, so I love it. But anyway, we're, we're talking way in the future now of that. That would be great to to break down if it happens, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself yet. A lot of tennis still to be played, but that's that's my prediction where we see him advance in the Dahl final, and I hope we do. Um, so I think we'll leave it there. Um, so thank you for joining me again this week, Luke. Thanks, Charlie. I'll just say as well, um, look out on our Twitter for for more picks coming sort of later in the week. I'll obviously publish some some tips, passes, some unit challenges throughout the week. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for all kind of our thoughts on the quarterfinals and, and beyond really on, on the Twitter.
Yep, for sure. And thank you for obviously keeping it up to date, Luke. Um, so yeah, follow us at Twitter at Serving Up Clutch, and um, all the best this week.